Hi, and welcome to Rescuing Churches. If you love pastoral life, ministry, and church revitalization, this is a great place to join the discussion about why the local church matters, how we can help the ones that are in decline, and be an encouragement to their pastors along the way. We'll even get to hear stories from special guests about what God is doing in the church at large. This show is hosted by two guys who serve the local church and is for everyone within the local church. Thanks for tuning in today. Let's go. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rescuing Churches, where it's always a great adventure discussing church revitalization and pastoral life. Learn more at 614ministries.org. Josh Gibbons here, along with my dad, Stan. Pastor Stan. Yeah, you are, dad, past, dad you are Stan. Pastor Stan. Dad. Yeah, dad Stan, Grand Stan. Grand Stan. Yeah, all the titles that you have. We're not even going to explain some of those. Champs Pastor. <laughs> dad, today you want to take a look at this concept of not being white noise, what you're calling white noise. And just so everybody's clear out there, we're not referring to that horrible, terrible Michael Keaton movie from 2005 with <laughs> ghosts and people trying to talk to dead people and stuff like that. We're not endorsing, white, white we're not endorsing hissing, any of that on this podcast. The hissing noise in a sound system that nobody ever listens to because it's behind the scenes. Yeah, see, I wouldn't know. I just get up there. Right. And, but there, there is a hissing sound. Yes, it, there is. That electronics make that people have learned to block out yep. and i think the church can become very much white noise um so that's what you're calling white noise. yeah i think the church if it's not careful can be non almost non-existent into the culture because it's not doing anything to represent the call of christ the the work of god the the values of the New Testament, the kingdom values we're supposed to be living out aren't there. And if it's not doing anything, if it's just a building in a community that people go to on Sunday, but nobody really knows your church is doing anything yep. other than your church. Right. In the community, it's white noise. It's, yep. it's non-existent. It's like, yep. it's like it might as well not even be there. Right. So why do you think that this is such a struggle for some churches? I mean, do you think that it's, Self-focused. Lack of resources, lack of forethought, or lack of motivation. I think churches get very self-focused. We've been there, for, you know, at times and seasons in our church where we're very intro introverted and we're thinking about us and how to take care of us. And right. we have no interest in the community. We don't care if there's a single mom living five blocks from the church that's got some physical needs or financial needs or ministry needs. We're not even thinking about her because we're just all focused on us. We want to have a good time at church. We want church to be, you know, enjoyable, educational, even spiritual. It's right, fine. Right. But, but we're not worried about anything else. Yep. Um, and that literally makes us non-communicative to, yeah. to the community. Yeah, exactly. So that's not even a good way to say that. But it literally means the community can't hear us because we're not making any noise out there. Total opposite of the way Jesus' ministry was on yeah. earth. Yeah. And the noise we're supposed to be making is actually love your neighbor as Christ has loved you. That's right. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor like Christ loves you. 
That's the noise right. we're supposed to be making. And it is very evident when a church begins to do that, that the community pays attention. Absolutely. And, and I think that you're absolutely right on that. There's, you know, some of the things that um, a lot of churches are struggling with right now, like you said, being self-focused, they're making excuses in other areas like, oh, well, we just don't have the resources to do such and such in the right. community or we don't have, um, you know, the, the time or the energy to do it. And, you know, a lot of times it is what you said. It's it's a self-focus. But I think that right now in this particular season that we're in, and I want you to address this, some church folks are still anxious about whether they should be or not is another issue that you can address within this issue. Some church people are still anxious about the COVID thing. So it's that whole we want to minister to the community, but we're fearful to get out there because there's elderly in the community. They might not want us coming to their home or if we're going to do like a homeless ministry, how does that work? Uh, if I, yes, had, hair, if I, I had hair, I would pull it out. <laughs> if you had hair. Yeah, because, so is, because is, is the that message... understandable or are we kind of at the point where we just need to say, let's move on and start doing effective ministry? The, on the message ground? of the New Testament, the Great Commandment and Great Commission are not limited by covid they're just not now right. as you know panicked worldwide panicked and panicked americans oh, absolutely. and absolutely and people oversensitive to all that honestly oversensitive to a bunch of that um you know i'm not saying that people with you know autoimmune disorders and health issues and that kind of stuff shouldn't be protected but i'm saying the gospel still needs to go forth especially if those people are their lives may be shorter than we thought. Yeah, exactly. Their life may exactly. be shorter than we thought. We've got to find a way to communicate yep. gospel, the gospel to them, and then joy, hope, and peace. Exactly. So their last few minutes on earth are actually pleasant ones, exactly. not panicked ones. And so I'm, you know, I'm way over this whole, you know, COVID says we can't go into a neighborhood. COVID says we shouldn't meet people. COVID yep. says we shouldn't feed the homeless. COVID said we should do laundry love or whatever it yeah, is. We're doing all that. Yeah. yeah. Um, how, how can, and I want you to, to weave this, that you've got a, a great uh, story that you want to tell in the middle of this somewhere, but let me just ask you, um, at, at, by way of one of the examples in your list here, you've got a really good list of specific examples, ways that churches can do some of these things. So, Well, let's, let's just, let's say this first. What, you, what the pastor needs to do to equip the people, because our job is equipping is and we have to be practicing what we're equipping. We have to practice what we preach. The people need to see you doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But the key is to pay attention. Yeah. Pay attention when you're driving through your own neighborhood. Mm -hmm. If there's a car sitting on blocks that wasn't on blocks last week and it's on blocks longer than a week, yep. somebody's got a problem yep. in your neighborhood. Now it may be a problem that they're souping that up and they're gonna they it's a year-long rest restoration process. Great. It may be a single mom that had a buddy come over. This happens a lot. Yep. Who says he's a mechanic, took it all apart, has no idea how to fix what he's fixing. Or put it back together. <laughs> and she she's trying to get rides to work now. Her only vehicle sitting in her front yard on blocks. Exactly. And your church might have somebody or know somebody or be able to afford to pay somebody to get that car running for her as a gift. That's right. Not for her to come to church, but for you to say, I love my neighbor. That's right. That's no longer white noise. That's a very loud, Jesus loves me, I love you, you're being gospel message. You're being the hands and feet of Jesus in the community. Yeah. And, and it's because, you're, because you're paying attention. You drive past a house that the grass isn't cut for, 
You know, it's really, you can tell this house doesn't get their yard cared for very much at all. Exactly. Rarely, if ever. And now there's, there's a need there. Right. You know, and I'm not saying you have to go cut the grass, although that'd be fine. Sure. But it's not, I mean, you know, when we were doing yard business, oh, sometimes oh, we just yes. stop and cut grass. Oh, yeah. It, yep. it, it, I'm not saying you have to do it, but somebody needs to help and you need to find some way to identify if that's a real need there. You exactly. know, is there somebody there in the house that is too sick to cut the grass? Well, now we've got a way to help sick people. Yep. You know, I mean, the Bible's real clear, you know, at the great white throne, you visited me when I was sick. You cared for me when I was in prison. You know, you clothed me when I was naked. And that's the only way you're going to ever do that is if you're paying attention to your surroundings. That's right. Right. You have to you have to listen that's right. If you see an ambulance and you come through your neighborhood two, three or four doors down from your house, you know, if there's an ambulance in your a block away on your drive home and you see this ambulance at somebody's house, go knock on You're a pastor. You know, take the risk to go knock on that door and go, hey, we, I saw an ambulance here uh, last night. You know, is everything okay? Is there something I could do, pray for you? I'm a local pastor. Just want to see if there's somebody I can pray for. And it may be, maybe they lost somebody. Maybe somebody's in the hospital. Maybe it's no big deal, you know. Right. Grandma, you know, fell and sprained her ankle, and we just had to have somebody help her get back in the chair. And we're good, right? You know, either way, you made a you made a connection, and now here's what your neighbor knows: that guy was paying attention. Yeah, he cares. <laughs> he cares. He actually cares. So imagine all, that. <laughs> all of that. All of that just says I'm going to practice, and you need to teach your people to start paying more attention. That's right. You can just overhear conversations, right? Yep, exactly. We know we know how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so at, at a restaurant where Josh and I tend to frequent, um, a local restaurant. Shout out shout out to Hero Sports Bar and Grill here in Mobile. <laughs> here in Mobile. The one by the college. Yep. Um, but, but at that local restaurant, we were just, we have a regular waitress, but we overheard a conversation with a different waitress who had a toothache. Yep. And uh, she was having a very bad day because of her toothache. Overheard it. Uh, and in all of that, just overhearing while you and I are eating, we're just overhearing something. Yep. Um, we learned that she needed some liquid Advil, um, liquid gel Advils or whatever. And she was out of them and she was in a great amount of pain. She was trying to figure out if she had to go home or whatever. Yep. And as I remember the story, this was a year and a half ago. Yeah. Longer than that, maybe. So you and I, when we leave, I just realized there's a growth, there's a, a large gas station right across the street, you know, kind of a full surface service market gas station. Let's go over there and get her some liquid Advil and bring it back to her. That's exactly. all we're doing. Exactly. $4, you know, for a little gel pack of whatever. You know, we just went and bought some. I pulled up, you ran inside and handed it to her. That was the end of that. You know, but a year later, we're seeing the fruit of that one moment yep. where we were just listening and hearing that conversation, you know, and this young waitress has now really become very interested in our ministry and who we are and what we do as a church and yep. all of that. And it's simply because we were good listeners paying and we attention. were paying attention to the, to the stuff around us. Yep. And so I think a lot of church members, if you're not careful, you just zone everything out and you don't want to oh, hear yeah. somebody's needs because you might actually have to help. Yeah. <laughs> That's just unhealthy. So yeah, you got to really teach is. your people to be, you know, paying attention. Pay attention to somebody in your neighborhood who's got their hood up with jumper cables. Pay attention exactly. to that. Exactly. You know? That's good. You have uh, several practical suggestions and practical ways here to connect with the community. One of the things that you mentioned is um, forming connections with local schools and teachers. And obviously, you know, with, with you know, I mean, 
us having a teacher in our in our house every yeah, day. Yeah, your mother. You know, we kind of we kind of know how this works. Yeah. I mean, if you've got teachers in your in your church, you need to be well connected with them, connected with you know their needs, maybe even the needs of their students. Kind of explain how that works. Yeah, if there's a, if there's an elementary school in your neighborhood, your church neighborhood especially, um, it's. It, it shouldn't be a problem for you to visit that principal and just say, we're the church right down the street. Right. We don't have a lot of resources. Maybe we do have a lot of resources. Sure. We don't have a lot of resources, but once or twice a year, if we could do something to bless your teachers, we, we did this a couple of years ago. We collected up baskets of teacher supplies for teachers, not for the student. We've done the student book bags and pencils yeah. and, oh, yeah. and all that stuff. But the teachers, like if we could have some extra whatever's in our room in a crate so when a kid doesn't have it, we could provide it for them. In other words, the church isn't providing for the student. We're providing for the teacher to be the provider, which really makes the teacher look great. Exactly. You know, and we took, I remember loading my truck down two or three times from here, driving it up the hill to the local elementary school and bringing those crates in. And, you know, the teachers in their teacher meeting, I'm just stacking crates oh, yeah, and sweating out. to death, you know, <laughs> 105 degrees outside in July or whatever. And we're just stacking crates and stacking crates and stacking crates. And here's a whole bunch of supplies for the teachers to have for individual classrooms for the students. And again, that's no longer white noise. It's your church saying we love this elementary school. Right. And we're not here to get credit for it or to right. expect and, you yeah. to come to church. Ever. We won't ever want anything back from you because we love with God's love. That's exactly But right. it also is a marker to them that, hey, there's some there's real Christians go to that church. That's good. They really do care. You mentioned uh, homeless gift bags. So we have some, as we mentioned a second ago, we have some a, a lot of folks in our church who like to uh, take food out to the homeless after church sometimes. So how do you kind of go about building? Well, and some of our people have been homeless. They've, they've, themselves, li- they've yeah, lived exactly. on the streets. So, so they know they know what that, how they that works. totally get this one. Yeah. Um, and if you have a church that doesn't have those people, you need to get the get the rehab centers near you to get testimonies into your church. So That's at right. least they recognize. At least they understand. It. At least they recognize the scope of what's what's the challenge. If you're, if you're trying to build some kind of homeless uh, ministry or outreach, even if you're trying to start that in your church, how do you kind of go about doing that? Yeah, go go with your local rehab guy. There, if, if the community has a bunch of homeless people, there's somebody that started a faith-based rescue mission or at least a state-based rescue for them and the Salvation Army or somebody. So you can go sure. sit down with them and talk to the director, find out what, what can we do to help you here. And typically they'll tell you we need socks, um, we need blankets, that kind of thing. They give you a little list. It's usually usually socks is way high on the list. Toothbrush, toothpaste. But we we've, we've started with our people because they know the they know our community well. And there's four or five places in our small town in Mobile where homeless people tend to congregate back up in the woods and behind oh, buildings yeah. and stuff. And and they know that. Yep. So our folks now make these little tiny backpacks, load them down with toiletries, um, non-perishable, uh, lightweight, non-perishable food items, snack crackers, sure. um, you know, maybe a can of ravioli or whatever. Um, but it's got all kinds of little supplies in it that they can use, ramen noodles, that kind of deal. Yep. Um, uh, plasticware, you know, they always need plasticware. So you put several of those in there and um, the little emergency blankets are lightweight Put that in oh, there. Yeah, we, yeah, we put yeah. we put our used daily breads. If y'all know what a daily bread is, yeah, it's a little, a, it's a little devotional guide yeah. from Moody Press. Yeah, we take our our leftovers from the month and put them in those little bags, well, so they actually have a Bible have a Bible devotion with them. Exactly. Daily Bible devotion. Um, 
And then we just, and then our folks go, some, sometimes we actually take food in styrofoam containers that we prepared here for them. We heat up something we have leftovers and we'll heat up those leftovers, 10 or 12 of them right. and 10 or 12 leftover handouts. They'll go to a park or an area where they know they are, you know, round up a few people and give out the leftover food right. and they give out those backpacks. And again, it's just saying we love you. We don't expect any of those homeless people to show up here. Right. You know, they're definitely probably not going to be any sort of resource back for us. Exactly. But we did what the Bible asked us to do, That's and right. we were obedient. And as we learned in our in our sermon today, when we're walking by faith and in obedience, we will see victories. That's right. So exactly, exactly. Another thing that you mentioned is another good, uh, and, and this is um, kind of harkens back to the uh, the ambulance example that you gave a second ago is um, standing outside of hospitals and praying. So this is another great idea, especially in your local community. If, you've, if you're in a small town, a big city, whatever, there's there's going to be a hospital or a doctor's office or something. You go stand out there and pray. People might start asking questions. They might want to know more about you know, who you are and you or may, what you're doing. Yeah, you, you, you probably have two or three people in your church. Usually there's one or two elderly women sure. that have an incredible prayer ministry. They're right. gifted at praying. Their hearts are very sensitive to prayer needs. You may want them to go with your younger staff, you yourself and others. And the reason I, and you said it like I typed it on our little note board here, standing outside, that's because of COVID. But what, what I've done in the past is I take those prayer warriors with me oh, yeah. to the hospital and put them in a waiting room. Right. Uh, right. In, the, in the general waiting room of the hospital or there's specific, like this is a specific one for people with cancer surgery. This is specific for the heart surgery area there's all kinds of specific waiting rooms that are smaller and there's a giant general one usually on our hospitals the bottom floor there's right. this giant atrium that's full of people exactly either place you put them here's what they're going to do how can we pray just go around and go hey you know you've been here i saw you here this morning you're still here it's an hour later how can yeah. i pray for you you know is there somebody here a friend of yours in the hospital a relative can we pray for you and again you're not trying to get the person to come to your church you're just being the, the body of Christ yeah, this, loving the community yeah, in its the, need. Yeah, this is not this is not a how can we pray Outreach. for you and then I'm going to pass you my church card. Nope. If you don't gonna, ask about my church, I'm not even going to tell yeah, you. Yeah, I'm not going to give you my my marketing materials. I'm just here just to pray. Here to pray. For you. Yeah. Exactly. And I'd love to pray for you. And you know, we're not trying to sell our church to you. That's it's exactly not that right. deal. So it's not the marketing outreach. That's what I think is going to fill the gap of white noise. It's, it's literally to say, and it's what our culture's starving for. They're looking for people that are really Real, authentic, relational, people. selfless, loving people. I don't care about me. I took time out of my day that's right. to camp out at the hospital for two and a half hours to pray for anybody that's going to come to this waiting room over whatever needs they ask for. One thing that worked really well for our church in that vein was laundry love, which you mentioned earlier, which was just going mm -hmm. and sitting at a laundry mat and, you know, bringing some boxes of pizza. We've mentioned this right. on a couple of podcasts in, in, in the past, but it's a great example. Um, even some churches that, that we work with with 614 mm -hmm. have started doing that and have seen good fruit from it. Just go to the laundry mat, take a few boxes of pizza. Talk, talk to the manager of the laundry mat, ask them where the highs and low numbers are. You know, if it's a Friday deal, Friday night deal, Saturday, whenever the high numbers are at the laundromat, ask him, can, would, would he be opposed to your church camping there, literally setting up a table right. with pizza, and everybody that comes to the laundromat gets a free piece of pizza, bottled water if you want to do that. We did drinks one time, whatever you can afford. 
Sure. Um, and you need, you know, for us, we needed about $300 in coins. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, a lot of laundry <laughs> happening right pay, there. Pay for the laundry. Yeah. And all you're telling people when they come through the door, hey, we're just here, you know, now we did say we're north side, we're local oh, yeah, church, yeah. and we're just here to pay for your laundry. All we want to do is pay for your laundry. Um, we don't want you to have to pay for your laundry tonight. And it's a it's a financial blessing to them. A bunch of people Huge. argued with us till we really insisted. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, you're serious about that? We're like, we're very, it's why we came. It's the whole point. The whole point of us being here. And so we pay for their laundry, at, but they're a captive audience. Exactly. Because, you know, a few people went over and sat down with their book and read. Exactly. Kept their distance from us. Most people gravitate towards the pizza and one or two or three of us that are standing around the drinks and the pizza and they just want to get to that. They're like, so y'all do this? How do y'all do this? Why do y'all do this? Yeah. And once they ask What's you the, the why, yeah. you're in. You're you like, a whole man, conversation Jesus right loved me enough to take care of everything for me. Why can't I just help you with We're just trying to find a way to help anybody with anything we can think of. This is something we thought of. Yep. That's exactly and, right. And now you're not white noise. Now That's you're exactly actually right. making really godly impact into your community, and you're letting people know that the love of God's a real deal. And the whole the whole overarching premise of this whole thing that you're talking about here with all of these different examples is to keep teaching your church family to be sensitive to the needs of the community. Correct. To pay attention, to keep their eyes peeled for that kind of stuff. Correct. So, yeah. Invite people to your house and have dinner with them and, and listen to their conversations. Don't spend all the time talking about yourself and your kids and your stuff. Listen to their conversations. Listen for needs. That's right. When you hear a need inside your church family or especially in your community. Yeah, when you're out when, in the community. When a need yourself. is expressed, <laughs> yep. you know, ask the Lord, is that something? I, did you let me hear that? Because I'm supposed to help with that. Yep. It'll, it'll, the, the Holy Spirit will be the one right. moving and talking. So you'll, exactly. you'll know when it's the right moment. Yeah. <laughs> All right, great examples. That's going to do it for us today. I'm Josh. That's Stan, silent partner Mike. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch all of you guys hey. next time. All right. And before we go, we just want to let all of you know that our Shepherd's Summit, our Shepherd's Summit Conference for Small Church Pastors nice. is coming up this July. Uh, it's going to be July the 29th through the 34, 31st. 614 Ministries will be hosting it. Very excited about it. Yep. At Northside Bible Church. It's a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yep. So you guys can... You know, get back to your pulpit on Sunday if you'd like. Yes. Or you can stay down gonna, here and hang out with us. We're We'd not going to have you. Not going to hold you over. Um, it's going to include a whole lot of amazing food, great time of fellowship, live worship music, group discussions, some special testimony speakers are going to be there. And then we're very excited to have keynote speaker Carl Vaders. He's the teaching pastor out at Cornerstone Christian Fellowship in Fountain Valley, California. And he's also the author of several best selling books that we've mentioned here on some of our previous podcast episodes. The Grasshopper Myth, Small Church Essentials, 100 Days to a Healthier Church, and recently the Church Recovery Guide. He's considered by many around the globe to be one of the leading authorities on small church ministry. So definitely check out his resources. His website is carlvaders.com. You can also check out some of his previous articles and blogs at Christianity Today if you just do a search for Carl Vaders on that website. The summit will be $100 a person or $150 per church. There are scholarships available, yep. so if that's if that's the type of fund that you can't come up with on your own, just send us a message and let us know. We do ask that you please fill out the registration form on our website so that we can get kind of a head count of as soon as possible. who all is coming. Yes, as soon as possible. So if you're coming by yourself, fill out that form. If you're going to come and you're planning on bringing like a deacon or an assistant pastor or something like that, and it's going to be like three or four or eight or ten of you, 
please just fill that out and let us know. And we, we already just, have a number of people yeah. signed up. You can sign we yourself up and then add later. That's right. Yep. Um, so yep. We, we, we would love to get to know all of you. Just and go to 614ministries.org for, for that. There's two separate pages. One is for the registration and one is for the payment. So you can pay online. Right. And, and you can just it helps us to be able to keep account of that. Yep. We're very much looking forward to having you here. There's going to be some group discussion where all of us can talk yep. as pastors. You can share your ideas with others, and uh, we can learn from one another. And then, of course, Pastor Vader's is going to be here to help us. And and what I would uh, encourage you to do is, if you haven't read any of his books, um, grab one, or you can write us, email us, call us, and we'll send you one. We've got a box of some of his books we'll be happy to send you one and let you get started reading some of his stuff it's fantastic uh, counsel towards smaller churches so we love you guys appreciate you listening appreciate all you do for us at our ministry share this with your church leadership teams and other ministers that are in your community so they can be blessed as well You've been listening to Rescuing Churches, a discussion for the local church and its leaders. This show is brought to you by 614 Ministries. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 614Rebuild and visit us online at 614Ministries.org. Also, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Thanks for listening.